This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Okay, this is, we're interviewing Angela Terry. I'm going to do an intro here in just a minute, but I'm giving myself a little bit of a uh, buffer on the recording. So, okay, here we go. Hello, hello, everybody for Raiders Entertainment Radio. My name is Patricia W. Fisher, and it is Monday in December, and you know, I'm losing track of time, the 6th. And here's the big deal. I decided to feature more authors in December because there's just too many authors out there with great holiday books. And so I'm actually putting extra shows on in the month of December. And one of the people I get to interview today is this fabulous woman named Angela Terry. She's an attorney who formerly practiced in property, intellectual property law at large firms in Chicago and San Francisco. She is a Chicago Marathon legacy runner and races, races to raise money for PAWS P-A-W-S Chicago, the Midwest's largest no-kill shelter. She lives in San Francisco with her husband and two cats and enjoys throwing novel-themed dinner parties for her women's fiction book club. Okay, we're going to have to talk about that because that just sounds way too fabulous. So welcome to the show, Miss Angela Terry. How are you today, my dear? Great. Thank you for having me. You know, I think you're the first guest I've had that throws um, novel-themed dinner parties. So tell me like a general theme, tell me you're like your most favorite one. And then oh what, what are the, all the, you know, give me like three of your favorite things to, to bring into the party. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. I think, so this group kind of started 10 years ago and because it started in my living room and it happened to be a book in Chicago, I made, um, and I'm formerly from Chicago. So <laughs> I made a, you know, a deep dish pizza and from there things just kind of, and then it was funny because our, our second meeting was 50 shades of gray, which just, oh, wow. and then I made these cupcakes and I did like different shades of gray. Wow. Of <laughs> um, yeah. And so we always, so when I read a book, I am always thinking about food. Right. Um, and I think some of my favorite ones have been uh, when the author comes. Sure. We have an author visit because then I have to step up my game. And, <laughs> and so some of the authors we've had, we had uh, Meg Donahue come visit and she had this book called Dog Crazy. And so I made these little, my normal sugar cookies and gingerbread cookies, but I put them all in dog shapes. Oh, wow. And then I think we had Laura Dave come in and she actually called in to ours and mm -hmm. hers was really great because her book took place on a winery in Sonoma. So of course that, you know, it's very That's easy to do a harvest menu. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also, so um, we read Anne Ma's, um, I think it was called uh, The Vintage Year. I can't believe I'm messing this up but I'm actually right next to my bookcase. <laughs> But uh, again, she did another winery in, you know, Burgundy, France. And so I think um, anything that's kind of like food, like anything that's location-based, uh, we did my brilliant friend where I just got to make an Italian feast and I'm half Sicilian. So I really enjoy <laughs> doing oh, yeah. a lot of Italian cooking. Um, so, yeah. And then we've also done some uh, potlucks in our group. And so everyone will bring you know what a dish that they think and you know um says something about our book club yeah you know, about the book we're reading right so do you rotate who gets to pick the book and then decide i mean how, how do you decide the book 
You know, it's just very general. We're all friends. And so we will read a book. Um, so I'm kind of the point person for the group. So the group kind of started because they said, Angela, if you start a book club, like we'll join. And so, and it had to be in my living room. So at the time we were all in little tiny San Francisco apartments <laughs> and mine just happened to have the larger living room. So I said, okay. And so from there I ended up, so I ended up hosting it at my house. Um, but for picking the book, it's really, we have a very loosey goosey way of doing it. We'll, we'll read a book and then we'll just say, what do we want to read next month? Or um, people will just email books to the group and be mm -hmm. like, hey, I read about this book. This sounds interesting. Let's read this. Um, so yeah, and we, so we kind of have just been really loose with this for 10 to 12 years or so. I think, gosh, we were talking about this yet. So I actually met my book club yesterday. So we were talking about how long we've been going on. And um, yeah, I don't know, it's sort of weird. It's like these loose rules um, have kind of worked for us, but we do have one, um, one rule we have is it has to be a book by a woman author. Okay. And a book um, written, it has to be a novel. Okay. So we don't do memoir, um, we just do fiction and a book written for adult women, meaning so no YA or anything like that. And so those okay. are kind of the general, you know, we kind of stay within that, um, that kind of rule. But other than that, everyone just kind of picks books and we just decide. Is there a genre, um, like I'm not a big uh, horror reader. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't amazing horror books out there and I have read some, but are there some that people are like, yeah, I just can't just like, I just can't read that genre. That's really funny. Cause now that I think about, it, we haven't really read horror, but we did, we have read books that have ghosts in it. Mm -hmm. And one person was like, I'm not coming. <laughs> I don't like ghosts. <laughs> She's wow. very, yeah. yeah. Like that's fine. Um, but so that's actually ended up how, how we ended up doing only novels because in the beginning we were reading some memoirs and after the third memoir, people, uh, I, I got a lot of comments saying that they would prefer to read fiction. Right, but, a bit of escapism. Yeah, and um, I think too they, yeah, so we haven't really read horror and, and nothing's really off the table as long right. as it's, you know, an adult fiction book written by a woman. Okay, well, that sounds amazing. I mean, it's not like you don't have a ton of books to pick from because there's just too many out there to read. Right. I mean, so we've read fantasy books and I'm not normally a fantasy reader, mm -hmm. um, but we read, like one of my favorite books we read was Madeline Miller's Circe. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I would normally be drawn to, but because, you know, I mean, that's the joy of book club is you discover books you wouldn't normally read. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just blown away by the language right in the beginning with all these Greek gods. And it's so poetic and lyrical. And it's what was one of my favorite books. And I wouldn't have picked it up if it wasn't for book club. Yeah, I mean, even if you were able to walk through a bookstore every day and look at every single book, you just, there's no way you can absorb them all. I mean, there's just so many good, wonderful books out there. So I know. Too and I remember books, seeing the cover time. for Circe and it was, it was beautiful. Oh, yes. Yeah. So tell me what has been your favorite thing to cook so far? With oh, your gosh. Um, you know, this is going to sound really crazy, but it was more, it was, more of a challenge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so that was my favorite thing. Um, we had an author come and visit and she was actually, she was vegan and celiac. Oh, okay. and yes. yeah. And so, you know, trying to figure out a menu that kind of worked within those, um, like 
those parameters. stringent rules and not poison our guests. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and so it was really interesting. I made, and it was a sea, it's a funny thing too, is like the book took place in Florida and it was a very like water-based book. So it was okay. like seafood would have been more natural. Sure. Um, and so I made scallops and I'm doing little air quotes. People can't see me. Um, the scallops <laughs> are really just leeks that I kind of like marinated in a broth. Oh, the other thing is she couldn't eat any oil either. She was oil free. Oh, okay. uh, and, and so, yeah, so I thought, kind of thought that seafood based, um, like, and everyone really liked it. it, was, it mm -hmm. I mean, they were just leeks, but I had marinated them in a broth with different herbs and stuff. And somehow, and then we did bruschetta. Yeah, and the bruschetta was, uh, but it was like little sweet potato bruschetta. So okay. like the base was the, um, was the sweet potato and then we just put the bruschetta on top um and then the salad you know trying to do oil free you have to get really interested in, with um like vinegars and herbs and juice and yeah things like that yeah yeah and then i did like little um i think i did like little for the dessert there were like little snowflake balls um okay that were coconuts and you know again like no oil <laughs> wow yeah like natural coconut like dates and yeah, and so I was I was really worried about it, but everyone really enjoyed the meal. And so right. that was one of the best compliments. So I think that's, I think when there's a challenge involved, mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite things. But then kind of going the other direction, um, we had an author come and it was really easy in her book. She had, in her book, there was always like a fireside dinner. Mm -hmm. And the fireside dinner really was like an epic cheese board. And, oh know, wow! Yes. <laughs> everybody loves an epic cheese board. <laughs> yes. right. like, oh man, I can't even imagine how that that would have gone. That would have been amazing. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I'll serve that to my family for Christmas. It was um, so fun, and, and um, I served it like by my fireplace too. So <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Keep everything on theme. It doesn't. My fireplace actually doesn't work, but like, that's fine. Well, it's <laughs> funny because you know you were talking about the cheese board. Um, I always let my kids would try. I mean, I'd get it for them, but if they wanted to try samples in the grocery store, because my feeling was, you know, Velveeta slices are not the only cheese in the world and we're probably not getting those. So, um, but I'd let them try and it always, it, it amazed me how the people, I'm sure they were thinking, great, these kids are gonna just eat it and spit it out. And I've spent time cutting this out, but um, you know, we'd eat, they'd each get one. Um, and it was always, your kids aren't gonna like that. I'm like, um, you know, I think I could decide, thank you. And, and I won't let them spit it on the floor, I promise. Um, but most of the time they did, you know, mm -hmm. just, just to do that little sample. So you don't feel like you've bought this teeny tiny piece of cheese for $10. Right. Right. <laughs> Everyone has to eat it. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you have your most recent book are the trials of Adeline Turner. And I love the cover. It's very sparkly. Oh, um, <laughs> so tell me about your book. Sure. Um, so the story is about a 33-year-old workaholic lawyer who has kind of built her life around stability. Um, and that all changes when she runs into her high school crush at the yeah. airport. And so this kind of like sets her life, um, kind of turns everything upside down and kind of sets her on this path where she ends up, um, she ends up with a new career opportunity and moves from Chicago to San Francisco. She has always kind of been like, oh, I can't date, I can't date. And she suddenly is in all these like really messy, complicated um, dating, you know, scenarios, relationships. And then she also is and finds herself like she's up, she's up for partner that year. Mm -hmm. And her career has been smooth sailing since then. And now all of a sudden she's like in the middle of this office politics plot. 
So that is the trials of Adeline. Okay. Okay. And then I would assume because you do love food, there's lots of different little nuggets and recipes or, or nods to great, great meals in there. There are. And so I had to be really careful because when I write, I, I do put like what everybody is eating all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My editor is like, not everyone needs to know every ingredient in the salad. <laughs> so they just need to know she's eating a salad. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but well, there's and the cheese. <laughs> right. Well, and the beauty of those is that you can always um, give those to the, to your readers. Like, oh, if you want this recipe, you know, here it is. And so I just, but I mean, it's always fun to go back and see how somebody would have cooked or made or baked something. Because, you know, what, right. the way you make sugar cookies may not be the way I but make sugar cookies, but then it's like, oh, she uses that. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just kind of fun to see the differences. So, yeah, right. I, I, I think food's a really good um, bringing together subjects and, and so much fun. So, right. yeah, this is your second book, the one, yes. The uh, Trials of Adeline Turner. Um, what made you start writing in the first place? Because you were an intellectual property attorney. And right. then what, what brought you into wanting to write a book? So I think it's one of those things where I always, I always knew I was a writer. Mm -hmm. I was always writing stories, even when I was a little kid, as soon as I learned how to write, like I would come home and I would write like fables. I write stories about my stuffed animals, you know, and to me, it was always play. And so I always just sort of knew somehow that, you know, I was a writer. Mm -hmm. And the thing about lawyering is I do litigation work and it's writing, like you're writing all the time. Like people think you're in court, like arguing all the time, but really your arguments are in the brief. And it was really funny at times because people would say, well, this is good, Angela, but this is very dramatic, you know, (laughs) because you tell the background story of your clients and stuff. Um, And so, yeah, I've always loved storytelling and I've always loved, I love to entertain. Mm -hmm. And so in my writing, I want to entertain people. And I got serious about it. Well, I kind of, yeah, I got serious about it in 2010. Okay. I kind of realized like, you know, I was having some health issues and stuff and um, I just wasn't on top of my game. And I kind of thought, you know, if I'm going to start writing. Mm-hmm. I was about 36 at the time. And yeah. And I, I thought, you know, now I, I've got to start. Yeah. You know, there's like a long, there's a big learning curve. Yeah. Um, and considering that my first book came out in 2020, there was a 10 year learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, fine, true, right. Right. And you have to find your voice. You have to find what you're good at. And even though I had been writing my whole life, like whether it was for legal work, um, you know, I'd worked as a freelance copywriter. Like I've always been, you know, you write in school, you know, I was an English major. And so I've always been writing but writing a novel was completely different. Like I'd always started stories, but I just hadn't completed them. Right. And so it's really writing the end that that's what kind of makes you <laughs> yeah. makes you a writer at that point. Yeah. Actually finishing the project that, I mean, like really right. all the way through. Right. Like a lot of people and it's a lot of lawyers want to be writers. Mm-hmm. Like it's really interesting. In fact, the lawyer I worked with here in San Francisco in the office next to me, um, when I left the firm there, he, um, I found out like he was also secretly writing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so we actually became like a little bit critique partners. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important to note because 
you know, for anyone sitting there thinking, oh, New Year's resolutions and all these other things, I mean, why not? Um, always have really good critique partners, um, mm -hmm. not someone who doesn't really understand why you're writing. You really want to get with a group that says, you don't have to explain why, you just are going to. And then they help you with the actual writing versus having to explain and then why you wrote this kind of story. Exactly. Because and it's hard that. to find that. So it's, it you know, is. like it's a lot of trial and error. Um, mm -hmm you know, kind of finding your people. Right. And sometimes people are not, and, it, and there's some pe perfectly lovely people out there, um, but they're not critique partners. Like they want to write, but they just want you to tell them it's good. Right. Right. They're just going to tell you yours is good. Right. And that's not, I mean, it's always nice to hear, but yeah. it's not very helpful and um, yeah, honing your writing skills. Yeah. I, I remember um, I would send it to my critique partners and say, rip it up you know, because it's right. like, you want it to be the best it can possibly be. Um, and so now my daughter, she's at uh, journalism school, and she's like, rip it up. Like, she'll tell right. you, rip, yeah. So right. it's important. And, yeah. And that's, um, you know, a lot of times, like when you're first writing, you kind of turn to family and friends, because those are the people closest to you. And mm -hmm. um, they're bringing, for me, I, I felt like they were bringing too much into the story. And it was exactly mm -hmm. that, like, they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Um, cause I now know like how terrible, like the beginning part of Adeline Turner was, was terrible, but nobody told me because <laughs> they didn't want to hurt my feelings. Right. Um, and also they're seeing you in the writing. And so you, um, you have to be able to find people who can be impartial and are just judging the writing without <laughs> knowing any of your, your history or your background. No, I know I've told it before on this show, but I, it's been a while, but the, the reason you get a writer's group or critique group is um, I got to be on a panel with the Sisters in Crime years ago, and one of the ladies said the reason you want to be in a writer's group is, the example is, they were all sitting around drinking coffee, and one of the people in the group was going on a second honeymoon with um, her husband to Italy, and they were going to get to stay in this castle, and she said, and I cannot wait to get there so I can go up to the roof and see how hard I'd have to push someone off the roof and where they would land on the, the ground. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, and they're all saying, oh, are you going to run and push? How tall is the ledge? You know, is this right. you know there's all this. So that's why you need <laughs> right. you need calling someone and are you okay? <laughs> right. I, I would love to like overhear that conversation at a restaurant or something. <laughs> like what is going on there? Like, Taking notes. <laughs> are they plotting a crime or are they writers? Right. <laughs> You know, it's kind of like that joke about don't worry, FBI, don't do my, my search history. I'm a writer. Right, so, exactly. <laughs> so what is next? Do you have a sequel coming out for this book? Do you have a sequel coming out for your first book? What is what is coming out for so you? These are all yes, yes, and, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> so right now I am working on um, book three. Okay. And that one is actually... It's not so much a sequel, it's a standalone, but it follows one of the characters in Adeline. Okay. And so it's actually her, her work nemesis. Ah. It's going to be her story. And so, um, and so, yeah, I'm hoping to have that done. I'm actually like, finishing up, trying to finish up the editing process. Like, as you know, um, you know, after like sort of the initial developmental edit, there's a lot more editing you know, proofreading, wow. copy editing that goes into it. But ideally, I would like to have that out next year. Okay. So did people ask about this character? I mean, did you have people come to you and say, well, what about so-and-so? Is that what, what prompted you to want to write about the nemesis or were you planning to anyway? 
you know, she was one of those, I, I think it's one of those things in my books where, um, and I've actually heard other authors talk about this on your show, it's all about perspective. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you never really know what's going on in someone else's life. Right. And so you might think someone's being cold and personal and, you know, to you, but you might be reading it totally wrong because they could just have something going on in their life and they are just not attuned to you. (laughs) um, And so if they're ignoring you, it's not because, or um, like Adeline has in her mind that this person's trying to steal her, um, her um, case. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to give too much away because, you know, there's office sabotage and stuff and there's a lot of different players in there. Um, But you know, I kind of thought, well, what is going on in this woman's life that she would, you know, basically be such a jerk <laughs> in this book. And so the whole time I was writing Adeline, I was also kind of thinking of this other character and I was kind of curious about her. And so that's, so I kind of felt like I was already taking notes while, while I was writing Adeline, I was taking notes on this other character. And so it just seemed like a very natural um, thing to do. Oh yeah. It's interesting when you start a project and you you're so focused on the, the main characters of that project and then those other characters start kind of whispering and nudging you and saying hello you know I've got I've got something to say over here too so it's right it's kind of a and fascinating thing and it was true in my first book too so my first book charming falls apart it's this woman who um on her 35th birthday she loses her job of 12 years and comes home to find out her fiance has been cheating on her with her maid of honor everything kind of falls apart for her and she goes on the self-help journey um but she has this sort of like difficult relationship with her mother in the book Mm -hmm. and i was really interested in how um how how i was surprised that people wanted to know more about the mother like they wanted to know more about her background story Mm -hmm. and i had i really thought the target market for that book would would be people in their Mm mid-30s and i'm older than that (laughs) but you know i still thought that would be um, but I kind of found like people in their seventies, like were writing me and saying like, they really enjoyed this book. And I think sometimes it's just that universal theme of mothers and daughters yeah. that people responded to. And so the follow-up book for that one is going to focus more on, um, the main character, Allison and her mother's relationship and Allison, one of the, the plot lines in that book is she really wanted to have a baby. And so mm-hmm. at 35 to kind of say like, well, what now? Like, I, I don't want to start from scratch here, um, you know, relationship wise and all this stuff. And so I think, you know, Allison's going to want to become a mother. And then she's also mm-hmm. going to have this um, storyline going on with her, with her mother as well. Mm-hmm. And so I purposely ended that book rather than ending it with like the happily ever after with the, um, you know, when she finally gets the romantic lead. I, so I, I have happily ever after is no, you know, sorry, that's right. a spoiler, but that's what I write. Right. Um, and I actually ended the last chapter with her mom okay. because I thought that was, you know, like, yes, she got the guy, but also, you know, that's an important relationship in her life that she needed to repair and they needed some closure at the end of that book. Right. I know when I, I wrote my very first book and I was so excited and, and your first book is great because when you release it, you're like, all right, I did it. And this, I think the second book's harder because your timeline is a lot shorter. Like people are like, okay, where's the next one? And who are you writing about? And, um, but I had someone come up to me and say, what about this character? And I said, I don't know. And they said, well, you got to fix it. You have to fix oh, it. Right. It's like, okay, well, right. I've got to fix it. So yeah. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting process. So then you start, like you're saying, 
you didn't expect people to talk about the mother. And then it's like, well, okay, how do I fix it? You know, just, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun actually to, to kind of, and I liken it to a ball of Christmas lights. You're trying to slowly untangle them and not break any. So it right. <laughs> yeah. And it is interesting too, since I'm working on book three, I already know. So I already know what book five is <laughs> because oh, yeah. book five is the sister relationship between the sisters and book three. And so um, but you know, when you do that, it is, it makes it a little harder because you are writing on a timeline and you mm -hmm. have to make sure like what you're writing fits in with the other books. And so right. even if they're standalones with different characters, um, you still have to write within these certain, certain bounds and rules. Right. Well, do you have a specific method you use for like story? People call it story Bibling or whatever, but mm -hmm. do you have a specific method you use for that? Oh, I wish I did. Um, that would just be so much easier. <laughs> but really, I, um, you know, I'm a pantser. And mm -hmm. so and even with legal writing, um, they teach you in law school to do everything by an outline. And I have to pants my first brief. And then once I like see all my arguments laid out, then I can say, oh, like, this is how I'm going to reorganize it. And so I do the same thing with my writing. So once I get that first draft, I, you know, then I will outline everything. And then because I have these multiple um, characters and books, I, I actually make calendars out okay. for my characters. So I know that things are happening at certain times. And so, um, you know, so Charming Falls Apart, like that is directly, that is 2019, that mm -hmm. book. And it is on the calendar year. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Trials of Adeline Turner, that book, it starts in 2016 and again, you know, that's on a calendar year and book three, it's going to jump in time. Mm -hmm. um, like it will start in 2009, but it's going to jump in time. And so I, I just do a word document for that stuff for the calendar. Like I just read through the draft and then if anything's not matching up, I go back and rework it. Um, and then I also use uh, Scrivener. Mm -hmm. so, so there's kind of like two methods happening. So one, I have a word document with the calendar. And then I have Scrivener and all my scenes are, you know, in the note card type thing. And right. so I can easily move everything around that, you know, if I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. You know, book three, this doesn't, I'll just tell you the how it's going to be called the, um, the palace at dusk. Okay. <laughs> so that's an exclusive. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and so, you know, I, by putting in Scrivener, yeah, I can just move it around more easily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I usually, I mean, I literally have like the note cards and I'll like draw and just trying to make sure I've laid it all out. I need tactile, you know, I need to see it. And um, right. and I've tried different things like a um, Excel spreadsheets mm -hmm. and, and um, the, a friend of mine, Abigail Owens, right? She uses OneNote, but she's okay. like, extraordinarily organized i mean it's just beyond my comprehension how organized she is. um i have to believe i just just for my own sanity i have to believe that she never gets laundry done all on the same day i just i just have to <laughs> otherwise it's just not right but she would be right. that organized so um so i love you abigail but oh my gosh please tell me you do not get all your laundry done um <laughs> i just feel human you know you just right, right. <laughs> feel okay <laughs> we're all human yay um so who has done your book covers? Did you design or did you have someone design your covers? Um, so I'm with two different publishers. So mm -hmm. both my books are with a hybrid publisher. And my first book was with uh, Spark Press. Mm -hmm. And so they do the covers. Okay. But I definitely had input. Like I had a, very much a vision of what I wanted. Um, I, 
I wanted my books to be girly and I wanted them, I, I said, I want them to look cute hanging out, like poking out of a Kate Spade bag. Oh, that's perfect. very feminine. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, and, and, but I didn't want it to be like too sweet. And so the color on Charming Falls Apart, I really enjoy this, the cover because it, it's very, um, it has like a coffee cup, mm -hmm. the A in the title is falling into the coffee cup and, um, but the cover, it's not like too sweet of a pink. It's more of like a coral rose color. Right. And then also for my book, Trials of Adeline Turner, I don't know why. I just always imagined Adeline in Burgundy. There's just something about her. Um, and I think maybe it's just like law books are sort of this burgundy color and she's oh, a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then also I just love um, gold font. And I, I, so Girl Friday, they, so my second book, Trials of Adeline Turner is with Girl Friday. And so they designed those covers. Mm -hmm. And so they gave me like eight different options. And um, so I sort of picked the colors. Like I told them what I wanted. I picked the colors, but they came up with a concept, which I really love. And the concept on the cover is the bottom part is uh, San Francisco. And then the top is Chicago. And they're kind of these shadowy images. Oh, nice. And then, but it's really more font centric. So, um, and then it's just the gold font. And the book ends on New Year's Eve. And so I feel like this is just very, it's a very festive holiday color. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so pretty. It's very eye-catching. So, I mean, yeah, it's- I love it. It's a great yeah. one. Oh yeah, for sure. So um, you've got some books coming up next year. Is, has there been something that you have like on your to-do list to write? Like you really want to write? I have about 20 books on my to-do list. <laughs> I know. It's, you live forever and never get them all done. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, so my first two books, um, they're kind of the sweet spot between, I'd say, um, rom-coms and women's fiction. Mm -hmm. And then I think this third book is probably, it's probably going to be the same thing. It's not so much rom-com, but it's going to be more romance, but a heavier romance. And mm -hmm. so it, it will also kind of push it into women's fiction, I think. Um, and then... There is a book that I really want to write, and it's the one, I mean, I've actually started this book when I was 26 years old, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> this, this has been really sitting on the computer, and I've taken writing classes and courses and tried working on this book, but I think the reason it kind of stumps me is because there's three main characters, mm -hmm. um, two are male, one's female, and it spans 20 years, and so it's just one of those books that I just have to honestly say I'm not good enough of a writer yet to kind of finish that book but okay. that's the book that I'm really kind of working towards yeah for sure I know I, I think my first book I was um I was writing it and, and I was getting good good feedback but I wasn't getting picked up and I was like what exactly is going on and then um I ended up reading Jemima J with by Jane Green and I loved the book but I love the fact that she split up the POV and so when it was I, it was first person, it was all her voice. And then all the other characters were third. And I thought, this is brilliant because you know immediately what's happening and who's talking. And I, you know, thank you, Jane Green, you're awesome um, to inspire. And I tried it with mine and oh my gosh, it made just, just oh, so great. Around. Um, it's kind of like a book that screams to be first person versus third. And, but you knew, I knew I didn't want everyone to be first, but I didn't want to, you know, it's just like, but I'd never seen anybody mix it. So yeah. She's 
Oh, brilliant. Um, so I have a confession. I, that is one of my favorite books. Yeah. All time that, and I study that book too. Mm-hmm. So I have actually physically typed out that entire book. Oh, wow. Just okay. to get in the mindset of Jane Green, because yeah. that, that's exactly it. It's the whole point of view thing. I don't know how to do it. Um, I mean, she's so eloquent. <laughs> she does right. it. Right. And it's amazing that that is one of her first books too. That yeah. book is 20 years old. It's one of her first books. And she just, her technique is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't pull that off yet. And so I've sort of switched around. So this manuscript, I've switched around. I was doing a lot of head hopping, I think in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I was trying to change it like, you know, within paragraphs. Um, yeah. And then now I've like split it into chapters for each of the characters. Yeah. But it, and, and now I want to go back into um, like the green green style, like the mm-hmm. point of view. And, uh, but yeah, I'm not totally there yet. I think I need to practice writing, you know, these, these are more my, you know, I, I need to really master like the single person. <laughs> right. Well, and there was another technique that I, I just hadn't thought of is um, like, um, like Dirty Girls Social Club and then um, Good and Bad with, and, oh, and they yeah. had first person in each chapter yeah. was a character. And I'm like, oh, wow, I just hadn't even considered. But when I really started wanting to get into writing, it was right when the whole chiclet thing came about and, yeah. and started having, it wasn't all romance, but it wasn't all women's fiction. It was this wonderful little in between um, and still is. And I just, uh, I thought it was just a brilliant way to, really give voice to those characters right right and you know I I kind of wish we still use that term in a way or or came up with another term because I think a lot of books are like that what I really liked about the book they're so voice driven yes Mm -hmm. and so they're really and you're really you know and they're emotionally growing like they're on this emotional journey and so that's why I think they kind of like go into women's fiction still Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. so than you know they're saying rom like even Bridget Jones is now known as a rom-com but sure, there's, there is romance, but there's so much more. Right, right. It's, it's a huge developmental uh, process. So yeah, I, I, um, I just adore them. They're so much fun. And I think it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I love a sweeping romance. I mean, I've read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there is something to, something about reading a, a book about someone that you, you know, like, you know, and, and right. Like, oh, I know that person, or I've done that, or, and it's more like a, just contemporary romance is what they're calling it, uh, and a lot of people are, um, versus chiclet. But I think that, yeah, you, you find yourself going, oh, I can really relate to that person, because um, they're flawed, and um, it's, life is messy, and, um, and they don't do everything perfectly, and maybe they don't get the, their degree the first time they go to college, you know, it's like, and that's okay, because people have to grow up and change, and so I, I yeah, I love, I love the flawed ones. Right, sure. and I, I love writing that too, and so mm-hmm. one of my favorite compliments that people have given me is that they really like Adeline's interior monologue, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you're like the duck, you're like, swimming you're you know on the surface everything looks calm and then you're like furiously paddling underneath (laughs) she has like a lot of neurotic you know so well one scene is happening there's just like a lot of neurotic like inner monologue happening (laughs) was it that uh, meme that's like um internally screaming you know (laughs) right yeah (laughs) talk face and exactly (laughs) same kind of thing so yeah well thank you so much for coming today really truly appreciate your time 
Well, thank you. This was so fun. I love your podcast. And so it's been really fun to chat with you now. <laughs> Yay. And please come back um, next year when you're, you've got your next book ready to go and let's talk about it. I would love to. Thank and you maybe so much. we can even do a podcast just on how to host a, um, a, a, a writer's group or a book themed party. Oh, I would love that. That would Yay. be <laughs> Maybe we could come up, we come up with like five books and then you would tell me what you would do to do a party for those. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm already working on that. Okay. Right. Right. Let's <laughs> set a date and we'll make that happen. So you heard it here first, everyone, because, you know, Angela is going to come back and teach you guys, teach all of us how to be excellent right. hosts of parties. So okay. exclusives today. <laughs> exclusives. It's all about exclusives. Thank you so much. And if you want to find Angela, she is online with her website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can sign up for her newsletter and her book, The Trials of Adeline Taylor Turner is out now. So go ahead and pick it up and all the links are in the write-up of the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.